This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about TikTok brought to you by Rolling Stone. Where millennials talk about teens, but not in a weird way. So tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So instead of celebrating the colonizers or um, trying to poop um, after <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about content creators we're grateful for instead. <laughs> I'm so we're, thankful for content. I'm so thankful for content. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we have the space to do this. Yeah. Um, so I personally am grateful to the ceramicist, who is a woman named Corey Sandler. Um, she makes pottery. She lives in a rainforest in Canada, which I think she lives in British Columbia, but like, I don't know Canada. I don't know from Canada. So if any Canadian listeners are mad at me, like, you know, write in, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Correct me. Um, and she's in her 60s and she, all she does is make pottery. And she sings Joni Mitchell on live. And it's unbelievably soothing. She calls her viewers tickle tackles, which I love. Oh. Um, and it's like ASMR. I'm a little bit in love with her, honestly. Hello, tickle tackles. So I'm just about loading a kiln and realized that I have a couple of these vine bowls and vine cups to make. So I thought that I'd just kind of show you a little bit about what I do when I'm decorating. That honestly sounds like my ideal version of life. Like, just making ceramics, singing Joni Mitchell. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, I can't tell if I want to be her or be with her. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I, I kind of have always had this fantasy of, like, moving in with an older woman and who makes pottery and, like, never wears shoes. And yeah. You, like, so Corey really fits the bill in that regard. Um, but she's amazing. I love her. Um she makes these, I, I never thought that I would enjoy watching people, like someone paint balls on on little ceramic Christmas <laughs> trees as much as I do. Hello, Tickle Tackles. So you asked for it, right? So here's one of my tree mugs, but you guys want them for Christmas. Imagine that. So I'm, I'm grateful to Corey. Thank you, Corey, for um, bringing me uh, so much relaxation in these trying times. Can you buy her stuff? I would I would buy a mug from her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask me if the mugs were nice because I don't think <laughs> 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 it's all it's about the process for me. Yeah, it's more it's than about it's, the relaxing. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, it. I'm, and I'm also I'm not a big fan of like ceramic. Like I'm not a big fan of that aesthetic. Oh know? yeah. Like I, I like. I would buy a mug. These like look fine. They kind of match a lot of my decor. Yeah, they're very like neutral tones, you know. Yeah. They're yeah, they're nice. They're nice enough. It's just like it's just not really my thing. Oh, seventy five dollars. I'm not buying a mug. <laughs> it's seventy five dollars. I actually yeah. didn't know it was seventy five dollars. 
I'm for good. a mug? Yeah. I mean, I guess like care went into it. <laughs> you said that so derisively. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like spending over $10 for anything. You know? Yeah, for for a mug. I mean, yeah, I'll get my Zazzle like cats Andrew Lloyd Webber mugs. Like, I guess I'll stick with that. I'll buy like, like $10. The, the she and dupe of the mug for like five dollars in the housewares section on the website, along with like <laughs> crop tops in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cor- Corey, we're grateful to you, but not to the extent that we'll actually spend seventy-five dollars on. But we appreciate you. Yes, on your mugs. Sorry. I think I'm most grateful for trains, or rather, mm-hmm. Francis Bourgeois' love for trains. Francis loves trains and, like, really appreciates a marvelous loco, as he calls it, which I am obsessed with that entire phrasing. He <laughs> travels around the UK to see his favorite trains, like this one called Dick My Butt. This is beautiful 73962, Dick My Butt. What a beautiful locomotive she is. And the fact that he gets through talking about a train called Dick My Butt, so so emotionally without losing it is incredible. Is it? So the train is called, he doesn't call it that. The train is actually called Dick My Butt. The name on the train says Dick My Butt. Dick (laughs) My Butt. It's like a Simpsons joke. It's like a Bart Simpson calling, calling Mo and being like, can I please, can I please speak to Dick? Dick My Butt. Only in England, honestly. Only in England. I feel like everybody in England is named some variation of Dick Mubba. (laughs) And basically his his content, it's very, it's so deeply pure and quaint. And what happens in the videos usually, they kind of follow the same, same structure is he talks about the train for a little bit. He talks about where he is, kind of he goes to different locations, different times of day. Sometimes it's the middle of the night where the train on that schedule is passing through the station. Mm -hmm. And... He has a GoPro-style camera, and I saw a couple of videos where he's, like, being filmed outside so you can really see it. And it looks just like a a kind of old, like, Canon camera that's strapped to his head, like, not like a full GoPro where it's, like, a third eye. Because the camera not only captures the train, but it captures his reaction to it. So you're getting this, like, fisheye lens-style image of Francis laughing or crying depending on how much he loves this train and it's just it's like honestly like very beautiful and very like lovely like he just has these very emotional reactions sometimes and he's so deeply delighted and moved by the trains it's really hard to not be obsessed with him um I love this video where you just like hear his like gleeful laughter at all the different noises that this train makes and he's like doing a counter of like the like multiple kinds of weird tones that the train makes. It's just. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. Thank you so much, Gordon. I'm going to run over. And... <laughs> just a sweet person. Um, he also interviews the people who work on the trains. Um, he just celebrates their jobs in a way that I'm sure they don't get a lot of people who are coming up asking asking conductors, you know, how they got their job and what they love most about it. It's He's just, I, I truly adore him and absolutely transcended when I found out that he loves electronic music. Like he just recently <laughs> posted a video of him going to a club that had a great railway history. And he also had his little head camera in tow. So you can Aww. see him clubbing in this little fisheye lens. You see, you see little Francis dancing. Um, he might actually be my perfect man. Oh, this used to be a Royal Mail sorting office. And now it's an awesome club called The Warehouse Projects. 
you get? Did you have a? Did you go through a train thing? I feel like you didn't. I, I went through like a car thing when I was a kid. Oh, really? I really loved cars. Like any kinds of cars, or um, I loved like I, I play like a lot of racing games. Like I, I think it was like video game induced. Like I would play like a lot of um, you know, was it Grand Theft Auto and like stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just like really like cars. I don't know why. I always thought I was gonna, I was going to drive, but then I didn't like driving. So that ended it. I thought I was going to be like a person who drove and then I never got my license. Why do you think cars and not trains? I li- I think I like the the freedom of the car. I like the idea mm-hmm. of like taking a road trip, you know? Maybe I was watching Crossroads too much as a kid. Like I was <laughs> like, I love the idea of like hopping in a car and going anywhere. But I do like, I love train travel. I've always fantasized about taking a train across the country, but I'm not like obsessed with, I didn't like go through like a train thing. Like I didn't have like a train track like people have like those like toy train tracks never had one that was not for me my son is really into trains he's more into bridges than he's just into like infrastructure in general it's like very strange but apparently not uncommon for like a four and a half year old boy yeah um but yeah i i was i was really into train travel too like romanticized train travel and then when i was in college i took a train from um cleveland where i went to school to New York and that pretty much that ruined it pretty quickly. <laughs> I had I had the weirdest sleeper car. I had the worst meal of my life on the train. Like I I still remember the way that burger tasted, the Amtrak burger. Oh my gosh. Ne- never again. Never again. You know, Europe has really great train travel. That's like the ideal that's place. True. So like that's why, you know, France is sort of going and exploring trains like Dickma, but like it's like there are like better trains <laughs> there. <laughs> you know, like there's better options. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Francis, for all that you do for, for TikTok and, and for trains. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I I love dating app content on TikTok. And EJ, I know that you're, you've been married for a while. Have you ever used a dating app? Yes, for fun. Yeah, I was debating how honest I should be, (laughs) (laughs) but my husband knows this isn't this isn't going to be like a huge revelation to him. Like he's he's watched me like be like I'm going to download Tinder, and he's going to be like he's like why? And I'm like for fun, and like you know I've I've swiped I've swiped through it, and he's like helped me you know figure out who to swipe on, and and you know deleted it shortly thereafter. So yes, I I have been. So you're familiar with how dating apps work. I feel like I've often had to explain. How dating as a as a longtime single person, I've had to deeply explain how dating apps work, and they're each very confusing. Mm-hmm. But dating app content is very very viral on TikTok because I think people who have to use it regularly 
um, kind of share in the, you know, they share in the trauma of having to use a dating right. app because it's, mm-hmm. it's often a mixed bag. You have the weirdest interactions. Uh, some of the weirdest interactions in my life have happened through dating apps. Um, and some of the G- content. Give is- an example. Give an example, please. <laughs> give an example of the weirdest one. I don't know. I've had like just like some like weird conversations. I like don't. I can't even. Th- I'm off of them right now. Other than like, the only one I'm using is Raya right now. Um, you got a Raya invite? Yes. Holy shit! Wow. How'd you, do, how'd you do that? I don't know. I was on the wait list for a long time. It was literally the day that my Adele story dropped that I got off the wait list. What were you more, what were you proudest of? The fact that you got off the Raya wait list or the Adele story? Honestly, kind of the Raya wait list. That was mini, that was a long wait list. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen any famous people on there? I, okay. I, so I am seeing co- famous people constantly and none of my friends do. Like my friends who have been on Raya for a long time have not seen any of the famous people I've seen. And I keep seeing so many. I saw Blake Griffin yesterday. No way. Yes. Seen John Mayer three times. He pops up all the time for me. What's his profile like? His profile's fine. Um, His song. Oh my God, what was his song? I don't remember. Anyway, his profile's fine. He has perfectly fine photos. His, um, You can choose to use Raya either for dating or just for friends. And his... um. It says that he's using it just for friends, but then his bio says, I'm not here just for friends. It's weird. I'm just like, just don't put that. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, okay. I'm only on Raya. Not to, <laughs> not like to brag, I'm, not to brag, but I'm you're off, only on the most exclusive dating app in the world. <laughs> I'm off all dating apps except for Raya. Anyway, having to explain dating apps though to my single friend or not my single friends to my cuffed friends is always hilarious. But now the content is even better or Worse, I guess, depending on your perspective of this, when you do see it. But there is a voice memo update that was introduced on Hinge in the time that I have been off of the apps. And so if you haven't used Hinge before, the way that it's set up is much different than the way that you see other dating apps. Like, I think people know the general way that Tinder is used, that Bumble is used. But on Hinge, they basically changed it where you can't just easily swipe left, swipe right constantly. You have to kind of scroll through a profile to see all the photos and to see all the biographical info. Um, And basically the way it's laid out is it's a profile photo, then a prompt, usually like two truths and a lie. And then they answer the prompt. And that's another photo. Then it's like some more biographical information. So a lot of people are answering these sort of predetermined prompts that Hinge gives you. But now with the Hinge voice memo update, you can answer those questions with a voice memo. Mm-hmm. And how does that change the experience of the app? So there are pros and cons to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the biggest pros is you can kind of see how like wacky people are. So in this video that I love, this guy is responding to my most controversial opinion is, and it's him advocating for dog suffrage. I think dogs should vote. Dog vote, dog vote, dog suffrage. Which is... Dogs voting? Yes. <laughs> and then, I don't like that. I don't I don't like that. That's petty. It's a, it's, a cute, it's a cute response, I think. Okay. Um, and then they also now have a prompt for celebrity impressions. So people are doing their celebrity impressions on, on Hinge, much like this person doing his Harry Potter impression. I do a really good impression of Harry Potter. Hey, how's it going? I'm Harry Potter. I'm going to cast a spell on you. Ah. <laughs> it's cute. 
That's really cute. Yeah, I love that. Okay. <laughs> and then you get embarrassingly relayed fun facts like like this one. I like white guys. And the reason why this is a fun fact about me that surprises people, like even strangers that I meet, I'm black. Well, I'm mixed. I'm half black, half white. A lot of people assume that just because I'm half black, I guess, I have to like black oh, men. Oh, God. Like, who... who? Just don't, don't nev- never be that weird, weird and horny on, on the app. Anyway, I, I think it's kind of nice. So voice memos existed on Bumble before where, but they was, it was only so you can like send voice memos in the message, which I had used before, which is kind of fun. Like, it's like fun to sort of get more of a personality from someone, um, without having to like talk on the phone, you know? Um, I think it's like kind of nice for the most part, you get a little bit of, Figuring out who's funny, who has like a good sense of humor. Some people are painfully boring. You can tell who sort of rehearsed their answers on on there. Um, but you know, the fact that it exposes the fun weirdos is the best part, right? Like you can sort of figure out like, oh, this person is like funny or is like a a good time. But it's it's you know, it's also just a gateway to a ton of incredible screen recorded videos and TikTok comment matchmaking. I, I think this sort of gives people an opportunity to, like, show themselves off a little bit more. Yeah, like, people on, on Bumble, people were using the Voice Memo app to, like, in their bio, they would do a prompt that was, like, sing me a song. Or they would, like, message the person. Because on Bumble, it's where the, the girls only can, like, message the guys first. And, like, mm-hmm. the, um you know, obviously, like, more, like, heterosexual pairings for it. But, like... um They would be, like, sing me a song. And the guys would send voice memos of them singing songs through and that's like fun that's like a fun way to use it like it's a good way to sort of get some personality from someone because it's kind of hard on dating apps like you can't really tell everyone like texts and messages differently like you know some people use emojis some people don't people use weird punctuation like you, you really can't tell but if you get a little voice memo it's a little more fun it does seem like it would be a prime opportunity for creeps to record themselves jerking off though and like breathing yes. heavily <laughs> yes Oh, I'm Which absolutely I have not seen sure. That, but I'm sure it's I have happened. not. I know. I'm like, I almost redownloaded Hinge just so I can see what the options were with like the voice memo, but I'm on Ryan now, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point of this segment, and frankly, this episode, and frankly, this this entire podcast, is that Brittany is on Ryan now. I and- am on Ryan. <laughs> I just wanted to announce it to the world. Um, and Blake Griffin, if you're listening, please like me back. Speaking of Blake Griffin, um, <laughs> Let's talk about what straight people are doing. Straight <laughs> people. Today and what straight people are doing, Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello broke up. Two people we will so- soon see on Raya. <laughs> <laughs> we both previously talked about them in the context of TikTok. We talked about Sean Mendez when he took the Vanity Fair lie detector test and he refused to tell the interviewer what was on his For You page. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Camila um, when, I think we, we talked about her and when Cinderella came out and everybody on TikTok was roasting her terrible vocals, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever made this movie hated her. So these are, these are two people, people have been weirdly fascinated by their relationship and I feel like 
We should probably say right off the bat why. Yes. Um, yeah. So they've been to. Yeah. Do you do you want to take I'll, this or should I'll, I? I'll, I'll take the Sean and Camila <laughs> context. Um, okay. <laughs> so Sean and Camila, um, they've been friends. They were friends for a really long time, and I will say, like, very genuine friendship. I interviewed Sean many many years ago, and him and Camila were besties. They briefly toured together. Um, they have been, they've been good friends since Camila was in Fifth Harmony and Sean was just like launching his music career post Vine. So that, their sort of relationship in that sense was like very, very real and very long-term. They'd been together, like they've been in each other's orbit for many, many years. Um, and around the time that they both were sort of like transitioning into more adult sounds. So like Camila was solo now and, Havana had blown up already. You know, she's like a kind of in the next phase of her career. And around the time Sean is making a little bit more mature music, a little sexier, kind of like kind of changing his vibe to like, okay, I'm like super buff now. They started to spark dating rumors. They released a song called Senorita together, a very like sexy little like duet that's like not very good. Um, and they started to, like, be really horny on Instagram. They, like, made out, they, like, swallowed each other's faces in, like, one of the most cursed videos I've ever seen in my entire life. So we, um, we saw, like, on Twitter and stuff, you guys saying stuff about the way we were kissing and how it looks weird, like, we kiss like fish. Yeah. And, um. Really hurt our feelings. We just want to show you how we really kiss. Yeah. It's like an intrusive thought every once in a while of like remembering that I saw that. And yeah, they just like were kind of just like horny on Maine all the time. Just like at award shows, like just like sweaty and about to make out performing Senorita. And everyone thought that it was a PR stunt from the beginning. No Mm -hmm. one believed that this relationship was real. Like they basically just like very quickly pivoted from being like kind of casual industry friends to suddenly they were like horny together all the time. They had a song to promote that did not help matters. Uh, The song was already kind of, like, I think the song was out before they even started being sort of, like, you know, together. Or, like, the rumors started to, like, amp up. But they just, everyone thought it was PR stunt. Of course, like, everyone has, like, their own theories on Sean and on Camila and on their relationship, on the status of it. People have a lot of theories on Sean's sexuality, which has been sort of lurking around his career since he was a teenager, um, and Camila seems very fame hungry. She seems like she like really, she wants to be a celebrity. There's a vibe that people get from her sort of public persona. Um, and so there's, there's just been rumors that it was not real, but it lasted a very long time. It did not also help that during the pandemic, they did a lot of slow walking for the paparazzi um, with their coffee mugs and in their pajamas that seemed very forced, obviously, because they were very slowly walking and aggressively yawning to get photographed by the paparazzi. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's persisted. But they did adopt a dog together. They remain together even off cycle. They would post content together. Um, I'm I'm you know I, I think I I don't feel as strongly about it being like a huge PR stunt. Um, I think there was something like at least sort of genuine there. But I think it's because they were also like friends, so it makes it a little bit weirder. Yeah, I mean, I kind of assume that most relationships, most celebrity relationships are PR stunts to some degree or another. Um, yeah. Especially especially if they if the people in question have projects to promote, right. which was And which the was timing the case. with Senorita and the start of the relationship, of course, makes it a little bit more ridiculous. 
Yeah, and also, I mean, you mentioned the rumors surrounding Shawn Mendes' sexuality, which, you know, to an extent are rumors that sort of plague a lot of young, hot male stars. Um, But I I would say they've been especially amplified for Shawn. Um, I think, and I think largely unfairly, you know, I, I think it's, it's mostly has to do with his persona. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you agree, like have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Like, but he, he just seems to me like to be so, he was, he was packaged as such like a, as, as such like an asexual beefcake in the beginning yeah. of his career. Uh, yeah, that's that, definitely. That it seems inevitable that he would have those rumors float around him. Yeah, that's definitely very, like, that's very true. And, you know, I think it's, like, asexual beefcake. Like, I think there was, you know, he's just, like, always presented much more soft. Like, he's not, like, aggressively masculine. Like, I think, like, in the sense of, like, he's, like, very muscular or whatever. Like, I guess that's more prototypical. But even that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean hyper-masculinity. Like, he's always just, like, presented softer. Like, he's always had, like, a softness to him. And he embraces that. And that's something that I... I'm, like, a long-time Shawn Mendes fan. Like, I love his music. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I've interviewed him, like, multiple times. He's such a delightful kid. Like, he's very, very sweet. And he's something he, like, now kind of analyzes in, in his music. Um, and, like, his most recent album, like, he, like, got into, like, painting his nails and, like, kind of embracing, like, that softness and things like that in a way that a lot of other stars that do, um, you know, are consider like themselves heteros- Like, you know, like, Harry, of course, like, his sexuality is a lot more, like, muddled. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Pete Davidson, Machine Gun Kelly, like, they all are, you know, present as heterosexual and consider themselves heterosexual or at least, like, are not out as anything else um, also do. So it's not, like, confined to just the idea of being queer in that sense. But I think he has embraced the softer parts of him and has sort of analyzed a lot of that in his music, um, that, like, masculinity doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah, and in that regard, like, I think a lot of the rumors, you know, surrounding his sexuality and how that plays into people's analysis of their relationship. I think a lot of that was fueled by internalized homophobia. Right. But but there and also is... Kid, at- when you're young, too. Like, that's the other thing. So, like, Justin Bieber got those rumors for years. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought Justin Bieber was gay because he was just, like, a prepubescent boy. <laughs> you know? Like, it's like when you're, like, a, a 15-year-old boy who, like, has not finished puberty yet and you just have, like, a softer voice. It's like, oh... He must be. And so that plagued yeah. him for years. And I don't think anyone thinks that about Justin now. Like, I don't think people consider his sex. But also he, I think, went through a lot of kind of prototypical sort of masculinity, soul-searching type of bullshit um, to prove yeah. himself. I think the bigger thing about the about Sean and Camilla's relationship was, like, as you said earlier, it just seemed so, like, effortful in a way. Yes. And, like, and, 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 like, thirsty, like, I, the, I, Dumois, I remember seeing this item on Dumois, and, and I also, you know, assume that a lot of the items on Dumois are planted as well when, like, breakup rumors had started circulating about them. And somebody was like, I saw them on a flight. They were sucking face. Like, she was on top of him. She, um, he asked if she wanted to watch Marie Antoinette, and she said she didn't want to. And th- that's the kind of, like, inane celebrity sighting yeah. that, like, Dumois loves to publish and that, like, I love... That, that's like why I follow Dumois. Yeah. But it's also like, it just seems so like I, I am 95% sure that was planted by a publicist trying to stave off rumors of a breakup and like keep them in yeah. a news cycle. Like, Oh, these, these people are fucking like they're fucking and they're watching Marie Antoinette and you know, they're trying not to fuck on a plane and in between they're arguing over like whether or not they should watch Kirsten Dunst movies on cross cross country flights. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they were, I mean, I think the thing is, too, like, whenever a couple sort of has, like, the, this is a PR stunt rumors around it, it's, like, it's because they're being so aggressive with it. Like, they were, like, making out all over the place. Like, it was, like, a little bit much. It was a little, like, you know, it it made Courtney and Travis look tame. They were just, it was doing too much. In front of the paparazzi, it's, like, just, it's just, you could be a couple in, in private. You know, I do. Yeah, I I do think it's interesting, though, that those rumors plagued them so much when, like we were saying before, like, like, I mean, you mentioned Courtney and Travis, like nobody, nobody is talking about that being a PR stunt. You don't. Nobody is. I see that. I've seen that, too. Oh, you have? Yeah. I mean, I think like the idea with the Kardashians and of course it's coming up even more now with like Pete and Kim being confirmed is like the idea that the relationships are very timed to controversies and to things that are happening. Um, Yeah. And, like, you know, like, just, I don't know, to sort of get away from other kind of messes that are happening in the family. So, yeah, I think that's definitely plays a part. Like, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of that. I don't think people, I think also there's an inherent mistrust of the Kardashian family and their relationships. So, I have seen it, but I think people are also, because Courtney had a really bad relationship before Travis, people are rooting for them, right? Like, that's the difference is, like, there's nothing that, like, Camille or Sean are coming back from like I think like because of Courtney and Scott the difference is people like the idea of Courtney and Travis more because she had that like an awful partner for many years that just like she couldn't really escape do you think that it's giving Cher played a role in their breakup (laughs) honestly I thought it's giving Cher would have kept them together if someone told you me don't it's giving share, I would... You don't think that she took him home and was like, why the fuck did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it created why an incredible that? meme that also Sean has, like, like joked. He's, like, done, like, meme TikToks about it, too, like, with other content creators with it. So, I don't know. I think they're, they, they had a little fun with it. That's the thing, too, is, like, there were points that, like, kind of made me be like, oh, like, maybe maybe they are, like, dating. It's like, they have, like, sort of, like, genuinely mundane moments. Like, there are times when, like, Sean has, like, a pretty, like, aggressively normal TikTok presence. Like, his TikTok is just kind of him doing, like, random group friend trends. Like, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I think this person's going to get the drunkest, like, going into a bathroom and, like, everyone answering that. And it would be, like, him and Camila and, like, their, like, friends, like, hanging out, like, a house or something. And I'm like, sometimes that seemed, like, a little bit, like, normal, mundane couple stuff that seemed less, like, PR-y. But, yeah. But also everything is PR, I guess. Maybe I'm just gullible. I want to believe in love. definitely... So are you a are you a Sean and Camilla truther? Would you say like a Sean and Camilla truther is somebody who believes they were together or doesn't believe they were together? That's hard. Um I would say I got I guess technically truther would be the like not believing that they're together, right? Like because we have been presented one version of it. I would say I'm like I I lean towards PR stunt in a way that I don't usually with celebrity couples. Like I like to believe that they're real. Um you know, it's just cute. Like I don't like I don't want to hear anyone tell me that Benefer is not real. Like I'm I can't I can't process that because Oh it's no. Real. That would that, that would be like saying Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. Well <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, are you about to tell are you about to tell me that Santa Claus is is not real? Is that is that what's about to happen? <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate I hate to break this to you. You're gonna you're gonna burst my thirty two year old Jewish bubble. <laughs> you know, Santa finally. 
Santa fictional, better for real. I would rather Benefer <laughs> deliver me presents um, this December. But yeah, like that that stuff, I, I'm usually prone to believing that something is real. Sean and Camila, there was just, the timing was like too much. It was not, it, 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 it was giving PR. It was giving PR. <laughs> So one of our favorite subgenres of himbo content is men who accidentally become gay icons on TikTok. And a primo example of this is the incredible creator at Joy Jefferson, who's going viral for absolutely hoovering the shit out of a giant gummy snake. It's day one, sucking on the world's biggest fucking snake gummy. For the record, I am going to be biting it at the end of every video, because if I don't, this thing's going to take a year and a half to finish. Figure out if I should start on the head or, or the tail. So, this is what the internet was made for. <laughs> he framed this as sort of a viral clickbaity stunt, but it's hard for me to believe that he didn't anticipate people freaking out about the fact that he's deep-throating a gummy snake. If he truly didn't, then that's the ultimate himbo behavior. People in the comments are freaking out. People are stitching him, proposing marriage. It's absolutely incredible. And the best part is he's made it a multi-part series, and each video is more entertaining than the last. Yeah, he didn't give up. He's still doing it. <laughs> I guess he got the engagement. I mean, why not? Like, he's he's still... I think he's on, like, day four or something. Yeah. Day three, sucking on the world's largest gummy steak till I finish it. Well, 37. I'm 30. And the snake, he's barely made a dent, by the way. I like, mean, ha- there, there's more than half the snake there. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, like, like, what's, like, the shelf life for that like when does mm, you yeah. know like it's like i feel like gummies that they like sit out get kind of gross and hard i don't think they go bad though they're full of a lot of like preservatives yeah but they like it like right? they like harden don't they like over time like if they're like kept out and if it's too hot in the house what if it melts and suddenly has melted gummy snake all over his countertop that's disgusting so you're worried that this himbo will get botulism i mean i i think i'm less i'm less concerned about infection i'm more concerned about like the gummy itself being disgusting yeah, because it's, it's just, it doesn't seem like a pleasant experience. It's not being, like, properly wrapped up. It's like, you know, it's... Well, you don't know. He could be saran wrapping it and putting it in the fridge. He and could be using protection on the gummy snake. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that takes up so much fridge space. Where are you going to put your leftovers? Thanksgiving's coming. Maybe he has, like, a, um, a, like a, a serial killer, like, ice house, um, like, cooler. But then it's a frozen gummy. Yeah, there's, it's, there's it's no not a good easy situation. way. There's no easy yeah. way to preserve this. And that's my concern. I'm just worried that, like, if the gummy hardens, what if he breaks a tooth? He should be consulting with a doctor at the very least. You're right. Yeah. You know, he could. This, is, he this could, is the kind of stunt that requires that. He can seriously injure himself doing the Gluck Gluck 9000 on, on a gummy snake. Is that your favorite um, oral sex euphemism? I do, I, I do love the gluck gluck. I think that is like the funniest. I, I mean, I, I like that too. I think that Gen Z really has set the bar for yeah. oral sex euphemisms. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok. Brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein. And original music composed by Daniel Merksleft. 